Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall. Stay safe out there. This is the 440 for Friday, February 19th. Today on the show, the Nashville Predators still suck, Belmont is still streaking, and I will finally open up about my complete and utter hatred for one particular team. But we begin today with some major news in the AFC South. The 440 is built every single morning for you for free by the Kingston Group, Nashville's custom home and remodeling firm. Look, this is a very simple equation. If you're going to spend a ton of money on a major decision or a major project like a custom home or a major remodel, you got to be smart about it. You got to have a game plan and you got to plot out your decision. Be analytical, be nerdy, be organized, unlike the Nashville Predators hockey team. This is where the Kingston Group comes in. Their proven process has made them successful for over a decade in the city of Nashville doing this exact work for people. They match their process with your vision. It's called alignment. I've used the word a hundred times. Check out their work at buildkg.com. The website is buildkg.com. The Indianapolis Colts made big news on Thursday by finding their replacement for Phillip Rivers. And yes, it could dramatically change the dynamics of the AFC South. The Colts acquired former Eagles starting quarterback Carson Wentz and his massive contract for a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 second round pick. If Wentz plays 75% of the time this year or 70% of the time this year and the Colts make the playoffs, the second rounder in 2022 actually becomes a first round pick. Wentz just turned 28 in December and has had a bizarre five-year NFL career. He led the league in interceptions last year with 15 and was benched in the final portion of the season for rookie Jalen Hurts. He was also an MVP candidate, 11-2 as a starter with 33 touchdowns and led the league in QBR and touchdown percentage the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Of course, he famously didn't take a snap in the playoffs that year as Nick Foles led Philadelphia to its first and only championship. He has missed time for injuries in three of his five seasons and is due a lot of money over the next four years. His cap hit this season is $25 million, then $22 million next year, then $25 after that, and $26 million in the final year, with most of that coming in the form of base salary. Wentz is now reunited with Colts head coach Frank Reich, who was, of course, his offensive coordinator in Philadelphia during his first two seasons, which were his best seasons and the year Philly won the Super Bowl. If he stays healthy, it makes sense that Reich and the excellent Colts offensive line likely gives Wentz the best chance to regain his form. But he also has been injury-prone throughout his entire career and was tabbed as difficult to coach in Philadelphia, which might be putting it nicely, according to some. It's logical to assume that Reich knows better than anyone about both of these two issues and still decided to go out and get the former number 2 overall pick. If all of these variables work out, the Colts are immediately a threat to win the AFC South and make a deep playoff run. And then his hefty contract and relatively affordable acquisition costs are more than worth it. If he never regains his form that made him a top 10 quarterback in his first two seasons, then the Tennessee Titans are still in clear control of the division. Either way, at this stage of the offseason, the Titans should be the favorite to win the AFC South in 2021. But make no mistake, Thursday's news closed the gap significantly between the two franchises. I could try to analyze the Kentucky-Tennessee game this Saturday at noon, but the game itself doesn't mean a whole lot for either team relative to the NCAA tournament. Kentucky ain't getting in, and Tennessee is probably locked into a top-four seed, so I can speak as a fan this morning. As I have gotten older, I simply do not feel the rush and passion that sports normally provides to fans. This job, this business, it takes away the normal highs and the normal lows of being a sports fan. It takes some truly evil, truly despicable garbage for me to get riled up as a sports fan anymore. Like watching Tom Brady beat your favorite football team with a goddamn Hail Mary on the final play of the first half of the NFC Championship game. People don't forget. 
Well, Kentucky basketball does this to me. So do the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, and yes, Tom Brady. Because I am a Tennessee alum, a Mets fan, and a Packers fan. And the reason these teams elicit such a powerful emotional response is because they are great. It's much harder to hate something that's terrible. The Bears with Jay Cutler, for example. As a Packers fan and UT alum, it just didn't quite hit like Kentucky basketball does. No, the only way you can develop that type of hate is if there is a level of respect and jealousy that comes with it. As a Mets fan, of course I'm jealous of the Yankees' success, but I want no part of that corporate white-collar nonsense. As a Packers fan growing up in Texas in the 90s, God almighty I was jealous of the Cowboys. And as a UT alum who loves college basketball and who has sat in Bridgestone Arena for literally dozens of big blue takeovers, I despise Kentucky hoops with every fiber of my being. But that level of hate can only be generated because of the profound respect I have for the program and the fans' virtually unparalleled commitment to their team. I don't love the holier-than-thou, God's-gift-to-college-basketball condescension, but they've earned it. I've seen 20,000 Cats fans go batshit crazy during an SEC tournament game because they forced a shot clock violation in the first three minutes of a game. Only true basketball fans do that. So Kentucky fans, just know that if Tennessee whips that ass on Saturday, it is one of the greatest joys of my sports life because I don't really react much anymore to wins and losses. But beating Kentucky is just one of the few things that still registers. And if Kentucky wins, well, at least I've got your bourbon to keep me warm all night. After being shut out for two periods and giving up two goals, the Predators entered the third period down 2-0 against Columbus on Thursday evening, which is almost literally exactly the way every other game of the season has played out. In 16 games this year, the Predators have not led one time entering the third period, which seems really hard to do. They've been tied five times, and Thursday night was the 11th time Nashville entered the final frame trailing. For the season... The Predators have now been outscored 39-13 to in the first two periods. After an empty netter, Columbus took home a 3-0 shutout victory. It's the Preds' seventh loss in nine games since being in first place on January 28th. They've lost five out of their last six games and have scored a grand total of eight goals in those six games. Eight goals in six games. If you want to stretch and make excuses and say that they got some unlucky bounces on Thursday night, Fine. If it makes you feel any better, go for it. That they're missing some expensive pieces in Ryan Johansson and Matthias Ekholm. Okay, maybe they do really miss their combined zero goals for the season. Simply put, you just don't get good puck luck when you aren't good at hockey. This team is completely disjointed on both ends of the ice and is utterly submissive, just laying down and taking it for the first 40 minutes. And it's been this way all year. Simple things like puck handling, passing, spacing, entering the zone, motion has all been terrible all year long. It's genuinely difficult to watch. Even in the games they've won, it has been sloppy. This franchise has had one losing season since 2003, which is incredible. And that one season was the strike-shortened year of 2013. And this is easily the worst I have seen a Nashville Predators team play since that season, full stop. Well, let's wash that bad taste out of our mouths with your weekly Belmont Bruins streak update. Jacksonville State made them earn it, made them sweat a little bit, but eventually the Belmont Bruins won their 20th consecutive game on Thursday night with a 63-59 win over the Gamecocks. It was Belmont's 27th straight OVC win, which will be a new league record with each passing victory, and it was the nation's best 23rd overall win of the year. The Bruins are 17-0 in the OVC this season and have three games left to go before the postseason begins. 
Now, while the Tennessee Volunteers will obviously be seated way ahead of Belmont in the tournament, you could begin to make the case that this Belmont team is the best basketball squad in the state of Tennessee. At the very least, I sure would love to see a seven-game series between the two teams. That is how good of a job Casey Alexander has done with this squad. Belmont's next victim is Tennessee Tech on Saturday at 4 p.m. After Wednesday's win, the Memphis Grizzlies are just one game out of the playoffs, and four of the next five games are at home, with two coming this weekend. The Grizzlies will host Detroit on Friday night at 7 p.m. and Phoenix on Saturday night at 8 p.m. John Morant is coming off one of his best games of the season, his third career triple-double. Jonas Valachunas has been excellent since returning to action with four double-doubles in his last six games. And the most annoying player in the world, unless he's on your team, Grayson Allen, has responded well to increased minutes over the last five games. So keep an eye on the Grizzlies this weekend with two big ones. There are just eight games left until the March 5th All-Star break in the NBA. The 440 is brought to you for free every morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. The Kingston Group has spent years refining and establishing their process. That's right, trust the process. So that they can deliver what they say, when they say, and at the price that they promised. An in-house design team allows the Kingston Group to take the wheel for you and your home from soup to nuts without any surprises. Check out the finished product at buildkg.com and tell me their work isn't awesome. It's interior porn, people. Buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.